it's cruel that I got to spend so much time with James and Lily, and you so little. But know this, the ones that love us never really leave us. And you can always find them in here. sweet that is so sweet here being in your heart in your heart of hearts <laughs> well welcome friends to another episode of we read books podcast we watched movies edition <laughs> i wonder if this actually muffled it i i held a koozie up to my mouth when i did that and i I'm wondering what that sounds going to sound it, like. Give it another go. Let's... <laughs> Maybe it did nothing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll find see. out. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yep. We're back again for with another interlude, I guess, is kind of what these episodes are. Yeah. To talk about some movies. We like to let them rack up a little, but not too much yeah we'll be talking about four different adaptations today so that's right that's a that's a good sweet number i think we're usually right around four yeah because not all the books we cover have adaptations yet as of yet (laughs) yet Uh, i recently saw a list of all the books that are getting for adaptations so many of them are so new. Like so, like, so new. They're so desperate for new content that, I mean, authors can't write them fast enough, apparently. No. it's <laughs> in, it, The rate at which books are being released is very wild to me. Well, and it's like, okay, so you want to start a show on a series that isn't finished yet? Oh. Hello, we do, all know how this turns out. Right. Do we want, do we want to go down this road yet again? I think not. Yeah. Listen, Harry Potter was a unicorn. And she was like basically like contractually, like didn't she have to finish by a certain point? Or she already had all of her books like basically outlined. Like there was no, oh, it might be eight books, might be nine. You know, it was just like, nope, it's going to be seven books. This mm-hmm. is where the story is going to get to. I just need to get it there. Yeah. She was like on the ball. Releasing books every two years, like clockwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There like was... you said, this this was a perfect unicorn. And yes. unless you have that kind of mythical creature happening, stop it. Yeah, just let the series be finished. Right, there's enough finished series out there. Totally. There are things that, you know, I, I the only reason I wouldn't want them adapted is because I'm worried that it would get ruined. But there's plenty of good stories out there that are complete. Yeah. That you could adapt if you're really that desperate. Yeah, totally. Stop snagging these book talk books that you're going to have to, you know, release on stars or hbo because it's gonna require so So many sex scenes (laughs) yeah it's like why don't you just calm down yeah and i mean 
I would pick HBO for a fantasy series for other reasons. They they've already proven capable. yes, they've already proven that they're capable. I mean, sex scenes be damned. HBO <laughs> right, is right. the home for a fantasy series. Has stars ever? I, I've never really had all the like the ca- the fancy cable channels. I only yeah. ever watched them like at my friends' houses. Yeah, when I was. <laughs> kid or something so other than hbo i don't really know if the other ones have fantasy shows off the top of my head i don't think so the i think showtime they i don't think stars does shows i think they just like house they don't create their own content okay okay i'm probably thinking showtime they did shameless okay um so i don't know what other tv shows they yeah. Have. I don't even know if that was originally Showtime content. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Because things that... have changed so much now. Yeah. So I don't and everything's know. Everything's an app. I don't even know what original cable right. channel it was on. Right. But... So I don't. The only other. I know Amazon Originals, they have Wheel of Time and Rings of Power. I finished Wheel of Time. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it's not done. It just two seasons up mm-hmm. to this point. Really liked it. Though, obviously. They're going through difficult things, so there were moments where Caleb was like, you think the things I watch are depressing? Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> I was like, yes, they're going through a hard time, but I, in a fantasy, I just have faith that it's going to end good and everyone's going to come back together. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that, that little string of hope is the only thing that's keeping me going right now, yeah. and I get to watch magic. And also, so, there are 14 books in that series, so you're just at the very beginning. <laughs> oh boy, am I just scratching the surface. I'm going to be watching season 14 when I'm in my 80s, probably. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah. But it was good. I, I liked it. Well, I haven't like, read the books yet, but yeah. season season two ended in a, in a satisfying, emotional way for me. So Excellent. I was thrilled. I do love Rosamund Pike. Oh my gosh. She's she is so lovely. So lovely. I, I, yeah. I just love her. And so she, talented. She's so talented and sh- her voice is spectacular. She could narrate anything she has, for me. She's narrated, I think, all of Jane Austen's works on Audible. So nice. like the Pride and Prejudice they have, the... That's right, because uh, she was, she was, um... She's the narrator of yeah. those. But wasn't she in one of them? She was in Pride and Prejudice. Okay, that's the, what I was going to say. She was the sister. Yeah, she played Jane. So, so. Mm-hmm. yeah, love, love me some Rosamund Pike. Yeah, me too. But I have not watched Wheel of Time because I have not read Wheel of Time. And you don't want to do that to yourself like I did to I, mine. I don't. I usually avoid that. I couldn't help it. I was looking <laughs> for something to watch and I was just like, ooh. I know. Okay. It's really hard uh, because Dakota really wanted to watch Dune when it came out mm-hmm. with Timothy Chalamet. And I was like, no, we can't watch it because I have to read Dune. And he said, okay, well, go ahead and read it and then we can watch it. But I have so many other things that I'm reading. And Dune is a big book. And Dune is huge. And I knew I couldn't listen to Dune because I knew that it's very complex plot. Yeah. yeah. And I needed to like sit down and actually see the words. And he, he eventually he just watched it. He's like, I can't wait for you. Understandable. I, like, yeah, I get it. I find it. Yeah, it's it's good and bad. Like it's probably better for me to read it first because then as I'm watching the show, I can just kind of have it in the back of my mind. Like, OK, that's different. OK, mm-hmm. that's different. 
Whereas, like, if I watch it first and then I'm reading, then it it's it's more distracting mm-hmm. when you're reading, I think. Because you can't just, like, get lost in it like you can when you're watching. I feel right. like if you're reading, then it, like, derails your brain and then you can't focus on the reading. So, yeah, I've probably done myself a bit of disservice. But hopefully it's close enough that it won't be distracting and I'll go into it with a tiny bit of knowledge to mm-hmm. where... I won't be confused and, True. It, and I'll understand it a little better it, when yeah. it's explaining the eyes to dies. Like maybe I'll be like, okay, I, I get thank it. you for the extra information book. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit, so I, I, I see where you're going. <laughs> yeah. I do think we'll that, see. <laughs> yeah, it, it could, it just depends on like what kind of reader you are. I think. Yeah. I don't know, but I just always, if I if something's coming out and I find out that it was a book as well, yeah, I just my I can't watch it. Right, I feel like it's that just, would be my preference to read it first. But like I said, I when I went oh fourteen books, oh yeah, that's I want to watch it now. It's so. a huge undertaking, but it's only two two seasons, so you know I have time to read the books now. Yeah, <laughs> with, like I True. said, with a minimal amount of knowledge, but True. not too much, yeah. and then we'll see. But. but I do go in if if it's a show that a book is being adapted to, I I come in with very high expectations. You have way more time. And the, yeah, the only one that I've ever watched is Game of Thrones and I hated it. So I don't know how I mean, but we know they got so off the mark because the books were not as far along. So then they that's true. show surpassed the books and yeah. went a totally different way yeah but they may they change stuff the only season that was kind of similar was season one (laughs) when your season one is only kind of similar yeah and there are that's 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 a red flag let's see there are five game of thrones books so theoretically speaking the first five seasons should have should have been like very on on the mark yeah so, but it wasn't like just the, they didn't even keep like all of them. There's a lot more like magic and prophecy and stuff in the books that is mm-hmm. just not in the show at all. Yeah. And I was very, very disappointed, but I kind of had an inkling about that mm-hmm. when I was reading them because I was like having a conversation with Lauren and Emily mm-hmm. who watched like the whole show <laughs> And I was asking, not asking them to tell me, like, spoilers on the show. Right. You were just like, but, let's <coughs> test the waters and see what how they react if I say this to them. Yeah, and I was, I had only finished the first book. So I didn't even, I still had, like, most of the series to go. And I was asking them about different things from the book, like, the prophecies, the three heads of the dragon, Azora High, blah, 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 Sword of the Morning, all these things in the books. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And, I said, and you fell out of your chair. You're five seasons in and you don't know what these book one things are. I was like, oh, whoa, dear. Whoa, 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 whoa. Haven't you seen the show? And they're like, uh, yeah, none of that. Uh, that, what do you, I don't. And I was like, okay, this is. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> this is upsetting. <laughs> and I, I really, I think at that point I was like, well, um, it's clear to me that I don't need to watch the show. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I didn't, I had, I finished the books a good two years, three years before I actually watched it. Curiosity wins out, man. It does. 
It really It'll does. It'll get you every time. It took me until lockdown for COVID to watch it. You're like, fine. You have my undivided attention because there's ha- nothing else to do. <laughs> I can't sit here and watch Lord of the Rings over and over again, so. You can, but yeah, Dakota probably would have gone insane, so. Yeah. He did not watch Game of Thrones with me. He tried. He watched <laughs> two episodes and he was like oh okay i just this is not for me (laughs) (laughs) see and i love fantasy but yeah i got five episodes in and i was just like "Mm, not for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you know it is what it is but yeah it's the only adaptation that i've ever seen that was a tv series as opposed to a film and i have to say it's probably one of the worst which doesn't make sense because no. they have like 10 hours per book. Yeah. 10 hours. And you couldn't get <laughs> everything in there? It, think about like... If anything, you should be having to add things because you are you have so much time to fill. So much time. <laughs> like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That first season, how many episodes is, is that going to be? Because the, the three-hour film is actually pretty spot on. And is it even three hours? Isn't not it quite. only like two yeah. and a half? Yeah, it's like not quite three hours. Okay, so yeah, if they <laughs> even if they had five episodes at an hour each. Yeah. Or eight episodes at like 45 minutes each. They should be able to get... Literally if I don't see every single layer of that obstacle course at the end. That's right. You've done something wrong. Yeah. I need to be seeing. <laughs> we need all of it. Dog. Plants. Keys. Potions. Uh, yeah. Chess. Chess. Potions. Dead troll. Dead troll. All of it. Then the room with the with the mirror. Yeah. And don't you be skipping one of them. Not a single <laughs> iota. It just says you are not using your time judiciously. No. What are you doing? Not if you have, if it, especially, especially Harry Potter's like, it's been proven that it can be done very well, very well. I was like, not perfectly, (laughs) very well. Yeah. In a three hour window, if you have a show and each season, first season, if you only need four or five episodes, that's fine. Fine. Season four though, get you You, eight episodes. You're going to need eight to 10 solidly from there on but that's yeah. still reasonable yeah. and you should still be able to get everything in there and guess what it is hbo yeah hbo is the right home for this yes hands down even though right we said <laughs> that came with the runs was terrible <laughs> yes that is a writer's issue the, yes the visual production. the production and the visual very very nice yeah and house of the dragon it's beautifully made i need to give that one a shot i think i actually really really liked the first season there's only one season i really liked it okay so i might might give that one a whirl i do recommend it i think because house of the dragon is based on fire and blood which is essentially just it's almost written like a history book Mm -hmm. so it's not a narrative it's just like this person was king and this is what his reign was like, and these are his kids. These are the battles that happened. So it's very short mm-hmm. on each king. So they so much room for interpretation. So much room for interpretation. Yeah, 
And it's just, I just really, really enjoyed it. Super nice. well filmed. The costumes, the dragons are awesome. Nice. So, yeah. Fire and Blood. Well, that's the book. House of the Dragon. Excellent. Game of Thrones is well filmed, except for the last season, basically all black. <laughs> I don't know why it's so dark, but Jesus loves me. Uh, but visually and costuming, awesome. And the dragons look really awesome, too. Yeah, even someone, me, who didn't watch the show, it's like, it, from the bits I saw, it looked cool. Super cool. And the actors were all really, really good. Yeah. Super talented. And I, I can just see that that level of production for a Harry Potter series is going to be really great. Yeah. If they do the task at hand right and the writing has mostly been done for you yeah you do not have to reinvent the wheel the writing has been done yeah just take it from page to script and it's yes just interpret it correctly correctly (laughs) if you're a writer you know what needs to be in and what doesn't need to be in yep yep or you should you should. If you're writing for the Harry Potter series for HBO, you are making the Skriller. I know for a fact. There's a handful of YouTubers that I could tell you right now that would be able to write that show expertly and it would be done mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. So you better be higher and correct. <laughs> Listen, the expectations could not be higher. Could not be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oof. Well... I guess instead of rambling on about things that you've probably heard us talk about ooh, <laughs> a million times before, we should move on to the ones that we have yet to discuss. That's right. But Our um, movies. Yes. <laughs> but before we get there, mm. that is Mad. And that's Wit. Hello. Uh, and uh, if you would like to share your same grievances, you have different grievances, please reach out to us on Instagram and TikTok at We Read Books Pod or email us at We Read Books Pod 23 at gmail.com. Dot com. <laughs> yep. Please and thank you. But all right. In to it. So we're gonna discuss four different Adaptations. Adaptations today. And full disclosure, I did not watch the first one. (laughs) (laughs) I did this with 1984. 1984, though, was... I just simply could not bring myself to watch it. I don't know why, but... Because it... (laughs) What? You love the book so much, you probably didn't want anything to take away from that. And it's pretty bleak as it is you don't need to see it it was definitely (laughs) the bleakness that i was just i'm very weird about watching movies or shows that are like that bleak like dakota really wanted me to watch squid game Mm -hmm. because whenever it was on and like really popular he was traveling a lot Mm -hmm. and so his thought was that we could both watch it together and then discuss and, and then kind like of talk have about something. it. Yeah, but I just couldn't bring myself to watch it because I knew it was super super bleak. And I get it. It that stuff just uh, it gets to me sometimes. Do you feel like it can breathe and settle in more emotionally when you're reading it versus watching it? 
And watching it kind of like imprints in your brain too, like an image. It's not yeah. just like a process of the feel, feeling or like what the image that your brain makes. It's mm-hmm. like it's an indisputable image that is now inside your brain. <laughs> yeah, I I do think that seeing it can be more bleak mm-hmm. oftentimes. And I know for some people that's the reverse. They can easily like disregard a movie, but a book will stay with them longer. Yeah. Which I do think the book will stay with you, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. I can think of a book more on a like critical thinking level as opposed to seeing the graphics of the show yeah. or the film. Yeah, I, I totally get that. So, yeah, I, I couldn't watch couldn't watch Squid Game. I just couldn't do I it. I didn't watch it. So, Again, yeah. you know it, me. I was like, wow, that looks like a bummer time. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of, most of the time when I sit down to watch a show, I generally want it to be more lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want, you want your escape, you know, to be yeah. of a positive nature. Yeah. I it, totally get that. I can read a book that's bleak and be fine, but when I watch TV... I, generally speaking, I want to watch something fun, something funny, something, like, heartwarming, mm-hmm. usually, or fantastical. Yeah. I, I totally get that. <laughs> so. That's normally what I lean towards in in most media, you yeah. know. But uh, not to say that, I mean, I like horror movies and I like, you know, but I will say horror movies generally end in a triumph, at least the ones that I like. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, there's, there's a time and a place and we all kind of process those things differently. So I totally get it. Yep. But for Goosebumps, it was simply a time issue. Right. But it was a short little thing. Um, just quickly. So we're talking about Goosebumps, the Scarecrow, or is it just. The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight? Yeah, but the the episode for some reason was just called Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. They took away the the. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I watched it on okay. YouTube. It was only like 20 minutes. Um, but just really quickly, like the grandparents were a little more positive in the beginning. The emotional beats like between the grandparents and the kids just were more satisfying, you know, like mm-hmm. you could see the warmth. You could also see the concern like Stanley was a little bit more forward with his irritations and the you know if the kids were like oh we're eating cornflakes you know stanley would be like i like cornflakes and then like the grandparents would be like yeah you know Mm -hmm. in the book i feel like the scene those scenes were more awkward whereas like they moved a little better yeah on the show or on the episode and like Mm -hmm. the explanations were a little better like the grandma instead of like oh i forgot how to make pancakes she was like oh i i forgot to buy chocolate chips and the kids were like well that's weird that you forgot but okay right it wasn't you know or like the the stories you know yeah grandpa tell us a story he's like "Ooh, what story should i tell and then stanley's like i don't like scary stories they upset me and yeah. then the grandpa's like oh uh you know i'm i'm all out of stories you know it's like it just it made more sense in the show than a, in the book. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Because I feel like it left you more questioning, like, what's going on here? The show didn't... Yeah. It didn't beat around the bush. It was very concise. It was just like, okay, so we're doing things Stanley's way for some reason. The grandparents are a little upset. But yeah, they weren't, like, 
as depressed necessarily at least not when the kids first got there it kind mm-hmm. of like in the book it was like why are you so bummed out that you're if you didn't want them to be here then you shouldn't have told them to come yeah it it made it feel a lot weirder it kind of maybe added to a little bit of the like eerie, o- eerie like something's ominous going on and i think that's what the book was trying to do but the, yeah. the the episode like i said is a lot more concise and it's trying to get you through the story beats you know there were a few things that were different but still things that were the same you still kind of got those good jump scares you know she even had one of the good dreams where her grandparents were turned into scarecrows and it was really effective that one scarecrow did jump out at them and the brother got injured, but they were on bikes instead of on horses, which feels also a little bit more appropriate because like <laughs> a little safer. He could have he would have died <laughs> yeah. off that horse. <laughs> um, and then the son sticks. I mean, he's still a butthole and he's messing with Jody. So, of course, she's like mad at him. I almost feel like you see more of him messing with her mm-hmm. than him just calling him city kids and stuff. But and then city also. Kids. The grandparents are less mean to Stanley, and it's more so just, I mean, I think you get the, you still get the idea that everyone's like, ah, Stanley's a little, I mean, they still refer to him as slow, Slow. but they also just say, you know, he kind of says things in a way that he doesn't mean, or he gets confused, Mm -hmm. but the sticks was like, well, you know, he's been a farmhand his whole life, and he saw an opportunity for things to be done his way for once, and so, yeah, he kind of threatened your grandparents to do things his way. So, you know, to to put the scarecrows back to sleep, obviously it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But and it was less focus on the book and more so just the fact that the scarecrows were walking. It, it wasn't like the Oh, what's this book? Oh, what's this thing? And then the only other major difference was that they used like a big tractor Not a combine, but just, like, a big, you know, thing with a blade to, like, eat up the... The scarecrow. The scarecrows instead of burning them. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of the episode, instead of the taxidermied creature coming to life, the big tractor came to life on its own. But... But the story still felt very the same, and I honestly, it was like, like I said, it was a little bit more concise, and the emotion was conveyed really well by the actors, like... I think it was that much more enjoyable. Mm. So I think the I think the Goosebumps episode did a really good job. Awesome. Way to go. And that that music, it's a bop. <laughs> do do yeah. do 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 like Yeah. <laughs> we used to watch Goosebumps sometimes as kids. We watched more the show Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. But we did watch Goosebumps sometimes. We've been watching Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, on Saturdays. Like, that's kind of like our Saturday morning thing that we do. We drink coffee and watch a couple of those episodes. (laughs) Uh, And there are some episodes that we're just like, wow, these are not as good as I remember. But then there's some that have actors that you're like, hey, I recognize them. Hey, like Nev Campbell was in one. Oh, really? She did an excellent job. And the story was actually kind of cool. Like we're I think we're in season four right now. And this one has had the most consistently good acting and story. But there's been some in between that really stood out. But I mean, it was geared more towards kids. Right. But some of the stories you're just like, that was fun. Yeah, I really liked that one. But so and I I will have to go back and do the same for Goosebumps. It's Mm -hmm. just I think it's on Netflix and we don't have Netflix. But yeah, that would be fun for us to do, too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 
I we used to watch it every day after school. Are you afraid of the dark? I just I don't remember any specific episodes, but I do remember specifically like sitting around the fire, mm-hmm. and then at the end they would have the bucket of water and yeah. dump it on the fire. Yeah, <laughs> I there was one episode that scared me as a kid. <laughs> I don't even think it was, like, a full story. I think it was, like, a blip of a story, but it was, like, a creature in a cloak coming after someone. I had a bad dream one night, and I was at my grandparents' house. I screamed. My grandpa was in such a (laughs) dizzy that he ran into a wall to come to my aid. Bottom line, there was no monster, and it was my grandma snoring that that scared me. (laughs) So... It sounded like a creature eating from the other room. Yeah. Because it was a... I yeah. was like, what is that? It was her snoring. <laughs> Amazing. That's... Mimi was just trying to catch some Zs. And yeah. I had watched Are You Afraid of the Dark before going to sleep. That was my bad. Yeah. And uh, my papa paid the price for it with his face against the wall. <laughs> oh, his haste to make sure everything was okay. Yep. Yeah. I could tell he was mad, but, like, trying not to scream at me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As I was already terrified. (laughs) So. That's so great. But, uh, so, yeah. Just just be careful the time of night that you watch such a thing (laughs) when you're a child. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I don't, uh, we watched, well, I think we started watching, like, actual scary movies. When I was probably like nine. My friends so. try to get me to watch some scary movies. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but there <laughs> there was one time I was 12 and my friends were wanting to watch The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got partway through and it was a very intense scene and I decided enough's mm. enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I left the room, went downstairs. I think her mom was watching 16 Candles or something, mm-hmm. which... Probably not completely appropriate for a 12-year-old either, but it was... Much better than The Exorcist. Much better than The Exorcist. And I never went back to finish it. I've never seen it either. So, you know, and I, I don't plan to. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, just, the, those ones just aren't my jam. It's not my jam. I, I enjoy other things. I agree. But. You know, it's just not... I, it's not what I choose, right. you know. I but have, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get into the scary movies until I was in my twenties, which is yeah. good because then your brain can tell you properly. This is safe. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite one was. I know you did last summer. I those, loved that one. Those are super fun. I watched that one. Me and Lauren used to watch that one all the time. That would be that would be a fun movie night, especially like in the summer. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a good summer movie yeah. hangout watch. Yeah, with some I, popcorn. I actually haven't seen it since I was young. Oh, we're doing it then. So I would be really interested to see how well it holds up because Dakota and I, re- like during the Halloween season, watched the Scream movies. Mm-hmm. I think we watched all except like the newest one, six. Yeah. Okay. So. We definitely watched all the old ones, and I felt like at least the definitely the first two held up really well. Oh, yeah. The third one is still good, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's throwing in a tiny bit of a wrench. Yeah. Uh, and it's not quite as good, but still very good. Yeah. So I would watch, I know you did last summer, and there's this, the second one. 
I well, still know. I still know you did last summer. Yep. I'm pretty sure we own both. Uh, hey. On Blu-ray, at very least. We might. Do we own them on 4K? I don't know. I know that we <laughs> own them on at least Blu-ray and VHS, so. <laughs> yeah. We will play We'll have this. to watch them. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, that was that was my favorite. Scary. Yeah. Back in the day. Speaking of scary, we made quite the transition into uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. That was <laughs> quite a vibe change. <laughs> Such a vibe change. Movie-wise, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is directed by Alfonso... Yep. Curon? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure how you say it, but yes, Alfonso did the third one. And he made... Some interesting choices. He made choices. Yeah. But I think probably my issues with Prisoner of Azkaban are much less directorial and much more writing. The script. Yeah. Everything just felt so different. I feel like the even the act... The actors acted differently, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that they were kids kind of transitioning into teenhood or whatever, right. but um, there was a lot different. I mean, obviously the film is great and we love it, but yeah, it's there are some oddities, fun. though I, I have to say, and I've forgotten to mention it every time we've talked about the books. So in Harry Potter 1, when we meet Tom... The book describes him as a bald walnut. Mm-hmm. The man in the movie just looks like a warm fellow. Yeah. That owns a pub mm-hmm. with some sideburns or whatever. Right. You know? Yes. He looks fairly dapperish, you know, for a wizard in a pub. Mm-hmm. But in the third one, he's a goober with a, a hunchback. And, but you know what? Or no, actually, the, I'm sorry, the book describes him as a toothless yes like bald walnut or toothless walnut or whatever so actually this film was more accurate but I didn't ever catch that so it used to really bother me I was like why would you make Tom the owner of the leaky cauldron look normal and then make him look like and act like this like this is a travesty Mm -hmm. to this establishment owner and yeah We were doing our read for the pot. I was like, oh, my God. They had it right the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. I was so offended on his behalf, and Alfonso actually got it right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I think uh, it's just crazy. The, The vibe is different, and it doesn't necessarily bother me, like, because you, there is a a specific vibe change from movie one to movie two. Mm -hmm. Like you get very warm, cozy from the first one. And the second one is a little more like, I guess. Cold. Cold, like the Slytherin edit. Yes. Potentially. It's more like cold dungeon. Green. Yeah. Overtones. Yeah. So, and then this one kind of feels more like a purple overtone. Yeah. Yeah. But, so the vibe isn't necessarily. The sets clearly changed. Like, Hagrid's hut changed, how they get down to it. I think it's the consistencies that that irked me. Yeah, Um, I agree. Because I'm I'm weird about those things. Mm -hmm. I just can't help it. But, yeah, like, the the Flitwick change, you know, appearance-wise. I was just like, why are we we doing this? (laughs) It didn't make any sense. I understand you're making it your own, but, oh, my goodness. So, I found that very distracting. Yeah. When I first saw it, you know, obviously I can watch it and enjoy it now. But like I said, there 
there are some oddities mm-hmm. in in the shift in this one, you know. Yeah. Obviously, I, the the <laughs> fat lady is more played for comedy, mm-hmm. and then of course we lost Richard Harris. Yes, I was gonna say I love him. He's one of my in one of, in my favorite movie. Like, thank you. Yeah, Richard Harris. We lost Richard Harris, so you know. He had, Dumbledore had to be recast. Yeah. Michael Gambon did a, a good job, mm-hmm. but he wasn't Richard Harris. Yeah. He even brought a new tone to the character. Mm-hmm. So I think when I first saw it, when I was young, I was like thrilled, excited, you know, to see it on screen. And then I think after a little bit of time, the, the changes bothered me more mm-hmm. and now they bother me less. But yeah. there were enough all at once, I think yeah. is why it irked me. <laughs> Yeah, I think... The shrunken head, I was like, we don't need that. But I mean, yeah. it's a, again, it's a fun little inclusion. But me sure. personally, I was like, yeah. He didn't didn't need the shrunken head. What I did need was uh, more of a setup for Crookshanks. Yes. I needed a scene of Harry, Ron, and Hermione at the Magical Menagerie where Ron is getting his rat tonic... And Crookshanks jumps on his head. Right. And we get a lot of arguing between Ron and Hermione, but we don't No context. Yeah. And other than just fussing over their pets, but like we don't get any of the other conflict or infighting in the entire group. Like Harry's just kind of on the outside of it. Yeah. But in the book, he's... He's in it. Yeah. And we don't... We don't see Hermione's like slow descent into like being super overburdened and burnt out mm-hmm. because of her course load. We don't get Harry getting the firebolt for Christmas. Right. That just pops up at the end of the film. Exactly. And that was a huge, was a huge issue between Ron and Harry and Hermione. Right. Which obviously in the book, like, you know, yeah, it bummed me out that they were all fighting with each other, but it's it, part of it. It's just part of friendship and part of, you know, them getting through that stuff. Unfortunately, that yeah. is not, they don't learn much from it. Yeah. <laughs> but the the fact that they didn't include it, you know, still. I found it really. When they could have. And I always want more Quidditch. Yeah. And then I we had the one Quidditch match in Prisoner of Azkaban where Harry falls from his broom, mm-hmm. obviously, and it gets broken. But we don't get any more. And we don't we don't we don't meet Cedric Diggory. We don't meet Cedric. We don't win the Quidditch World or the Quidditch Cup. Nope. We don't uh meet Cho in this one either. Nope. And we don't see any Oliver Wood. Like this is that's I think one of the things that I'm excited about for the show is the time to breathe in between the major events so we can get more like Oliver Wood in the locker room. That's like such a fun part of the books, especially books one, two, and three. Yes. Is like Oliver Wood and the Weasley twins. Agreed. uh, Over Quidditch. Agreed. So, and we're going to get a lot more Angelina Johnson and the other chasers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's like, that's a... A huge miss from the movies, I think. Yeah. And even though I know, like, when we were talking about it, for me, I was like, well, I just don't feel like they care a lot about the main plot. We have more downtime in the third one. Yeah. Which I didn't dislike the downtime, but I just thought it was odd in the book that they didn't 
they didn't seem to have a lot of concern about Sirius Black until way later. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just sort of, like, in the background and mm-hmm. compared to the first two. Yeah. The mystery is always in the forefront and mm-hmm. they're always working on it. Whereas this one was just mostly downtime. Yeah. So it was odd. <laughs> and then, yeah, in the in the movie, we don't really see that. It's mostly, you just mm-hmm. see the Sirius Black beats. So they're all, like, kind of... Mm-hmm. condensed and even then some of them are even glossed over right so yeah and it, it just it's really unfortunate that they didn't include the firebolt storyline because not only is that like a point of contention between the trio but it also was from Sirius right it was like Sirius's well second gift to Harry in his life and right. second broomstick he bought him so yeah. it's just like a connection there that I think makes the broom even more special for Harry. Yeah. So And they didn't even do the him being in the common room slashing it Ron's I yeah. Because Scabbers was just missing and then him and Hermione weren't talking, you know. <laughs> yeah. It it's yeah. Cuz through a very large portion of that book Hermione is by herself. Yeah, or she's helping Hagrid. Or she's helping Hagrid. Which that kind of is a little bit... It's not really in either. Yeah. Not, yeah, not the them helping him. It's just him telling them the next level of what's going on. Yeah, it's not really... And it's a huge focus of the book is Mm. his... Buckbeak's trial. Yeah. I mean, they they did a good job condensing the story. Yeah. In the film. It's just, yeah, there there are things and, like, vibes to the book that are, to me, quite a bit different than the Mm -hmm. movie. I agree. I, yeah, I definitely agree. And, well, I guess Hermione, does she actually hit Draco in the book? I thought she slapped Slapped him. him. Yeah, she does slap him. She punches him in the film. Yeah, which... Arguably, I think she a punch I, is a little bit more satisfying, but I agree. <laughs> I think I've heard Tom Felton talk about that scene, and she actually did hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tom. Poor Tom. <laughs> so, I will say I do think that Remus and Sirius are also they're actually played more warmly in the film than I feel like I read them in the book. Mm-hmm. I do... Not that Remus is especially warm, but I just yeah. feel like, especially serious, there's a little bit more emotional dialogue in the film. Yeah. And Gary Oldman is just a treasure, yeah. so... I love Gary Oldman. I do think Gary Oldman is too old to play serious, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I I think he does a great job. Because he should be, like, early 30s, 30s. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, like, Remus was... Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why the age gap between Remus and Nymphadora seems so large as well. I mean, I know Nymphadora is young, but their age gap was even greater in the movies... Yeah. ...than it was in the books. I know. (laughs) Because they cast a little bit older. Yeah. And I understand the reasoning, kind of... I mean, the actors were a little bit older than what they really were, so maybe they thought they needed older parental figures to kind of counterbalance the fact that the kids were growing at a yeah you know faster age in real life than they were in the books you know 
And I think also because James and Lily were 21 when they died. Mm Mm-hmm. When you're 21, that doesn't look that much different than, like, 17 or 18. Right. So when you would get to Deathly Hallows and, the like, the end, when mm-hmm. you see them, they're going to look the same age as Harry instead of look like his parents. But they should. But they should because they're ghosts. <laughs> right. So, so, but I, I'm wondering if when they were casting, they were thinking we should cast people who look like parents as opposed to age-appropriate actors. Right. Which makes sense for maybe the first few because of their children's movies Mm -hmm. and you want the audience who are 11-year-olds to understand these are parents and not just people. Right. (laughs) But it doesn't make sense when you get to, like, book three and you're meeting Sirius and Remus because they look so much older than what they are. Right. Right. And I know, like, you could argue that the lives they've lived or have been hard. Like, yeah. Sirius has been in prison. Right. That'll age you. Oh, yeah. And then him being a werewolf. <laughs> a werewolf. Remus being yeah. a werewolf. So that 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 does make sense to an extent, yeah. actually. So, I don't know. But they Matthew Thewlis and Gary Oldman are a- a- excellent actors. Of course. So but, we're not mad about that choice. Yeah. But And then, of course, Snape is actually less conniving and slimy in the movie than he is in the book yeah that's that's i mean in the book he just straight up lies he's passed out he's not trying to step in front of and protect Mm -hmm. anybody his butt is knocked out for the count like yeah (laughs) he's he didn't do anything to help anyone right lies about it and then he also like isn't listening doesn't care only has the goal of watching Sirius die throws a hissy fit Mm-hmm. Whenever they, like, tell him that Sirius got away. Throws yeah. a literal fit. I mean, like, he... I know that he shows some excitement at the prospect of Sirius getting the kiss in the film, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's even more so in the book. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that Alan Rickman is so... He's such a good actor. And yeah. even though he does play a lot of, like, villain-type characters, mm-hmm. I just think that... There's something charismatic about him yeah. that makes you, like, hate that character a little less than you're supposed to. Oh, yeah. Because if you just read the books and you've never seen the movies and you have no concept of Alan Rickman as Snape and you're just going off the book, yeah, Snape is terrible. Yes. From start to finish, he's terrible. And almost pretty much... <laughs> irredeemable yeah he's so awful Mm -hmm. but he always gets a pass he's like he doesn't even have an actual redemption arc to in my eyes yeah maybe he does like at in the end through he's dumbledore's spy he's working actually working against the death eaters but that just because he's doing good things doesn't make him good it makes right. him making the right choice. And as we've talked about, he only made the good choices out of selfish reasons. Exactly. So. And <laughs> like, I think this is a serious black quote. The world is not divided into good people and death eaters. We all have light and dark, but that man. So. Mostly just, dark. <laughs> I mean, I think Sirius was talking about uh, Barty Crouch when he was talking about, said that quote, but. It's applicable to Snape. Snape might not be working 
to further the agenda of the Death Eaters anymore, Mm -hmm. but he's still a terrible person. He's still cruel. He's still a bully. He's still, like, really conniving Mm -hmm. and Mm self-serving. And in the film, when Sirius says that, that's when Harry is, like, admitting that he's just angry all the time and that, you know, he feels like a bad person because of it. Yeah. You know, he's comforting him then. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know... We are not Snape apologists here. No, 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 no. Love Alan Rickman, mm-hmm. but we are not Snape apologists. No. And I just Sorry. like the way that the events unfold a little bit better in the book. I as, agree. As far as, like, the repeat of timeline, I just mm-hmm. I just like how they play out a little bit better. Yeah. Book-wise, but... Yeah, again. Film's fun, great, love yeah. it. Just there there were some little tweaks that yeah. you know, ruffle my feathers a little, but yeah. not enough for me to not watch it. <laughs> right. I think the biggest, its biggest flaw is the Quidditch, I think. Mm-hmm. Because there's such a hubbub made in the first one about Harry being like the youngest seeker in a century. Mm-hmm. Well, and that would have introduced characters for our next book rather than like meeting them in the next book we could have had just like it it would have just like the book did it's kind of clever it's like oh remember this person Mm -hmm. oh remember that person you know so it kind of it kind of lacked out on on kind of giving us that introduction right and i just think that and we would because you see cedric's honorable side you do yeah you're whenever harry falls off and he tries to like do a rematch or whatever. Yeah. Because he didn't realize when he yes. caught the snitch that something had happened to Harry. Yeah. So he wanted it to be fair. Like, that would have been good to know about Cedric before we went into Goblet of Fire. It really would. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And I just think it obviously makes sense. hmm She did that for a reason. <laughs> exactly. And I just, you know, I, w- I love Oliver Wood so much. And it sucks that he's only in... The first film. Is he in the second? Yes. A little bit. Yes. Because they're going to train harder earlier and faster. And then that's when Marcus Flint brings up the note. So we see see Oliver a little bit. And that's before the eat slugs. And the Nimbus 2001s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we get to see him, but I don't don't know that we see him in the third. Is Mm -hmm. he at Harry's bedside? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just... Ron and Hermione. Right. But I, I twins maybe. Like you said, the whole Crookshanks thing, like that's I even think that we didn't get a lot of information in the book. I feel like we should have gotten more about Crookshanks in the book and we really mm-hmm. got a whole lot less in the movie. <laughs> yeah. At least in the book we uh see Harry see Crookshanks like slinking around. Yes. And he sees Crookshanks with the big black dog, mm-hmm. aka Sirius. So we kind of, like, know that Crookshanks is maybe yeah a little more than just a cat. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, so much more concerned about the whole Grimm thing than he is about yeah. Sirius Black. <laughs> yeah. In the book. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think until he finds out, obviously, that Sirius, quote unquote, is the one who betrayed his parents right. and was his godfather. Right. Before that, he just kind of, I think, was thinking of Sirius in, like, a Voldemort kind of way. Like, yeah. Like, almost 
out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, you're out there. Who cares? I'm safe here at Hogwarts or whatever. But Prisoner of Azkaban, I think a lot of people have this one as their favorite film. It's their favorite film and their favorite book. And their favorite book. (laughs) I'm confused by that. I'm I'm the oddball out, I guess. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not my favorite either book or film. I agree. It's great. Yeah. Both great. Not my top. Not not my top. Yeah. I don't know. But of the three we've done, I think I would rank my least favorite would be Chamber of Secrets and then Sorcerer's Stone and then Prisoner of Azkaban. But I think when we were talking about it, I rated them, yeah, one, two, three in that order or whatever. I don't know. I just, yeah, I love the introduction to the world. It's just so, like, warm and beautiful, and I don't know. I just, I think that's all so great. And then the second one used to be my least favorite, and it's every time I I watch it and read it, I like it more every time. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more mystery. It's a, you know, I... Yeah. I don't know. I And then, you know, Lockhart just gets more ridiculous and funny to me every time. I, I just... <laughs> yeah. I do really love Lockhart as a character. So, but He's that hilarious. Is, he absolutely is just excellent. But yeah, so he grows and grows. Or that one grows and grows for me. And I don't know. And maybe it's just because the surprise isn't new anymore, perhaps, mm-hmm. or... I also think, too, the whole secret keeper thing is a bit complicated, or the Fidelius charm thing is a Mm -hmm. bit complicated, you know, because now, of course, everyone's always like, why weren't the Potters just their own? And it's like, I don't know. So I think that just like that whole, well, why didn't they do it this way? Well, they should have done it that way. just kind of like Mm -hmm. takes away from it for me a little Mm -hmm. bit, too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe because it's not like a anymore you know that it's just like okay (laughs) i don't know i don't know what it is yeah when i originally read them i preferred chamber of secrets because i felt like prisoner of azkaban because voldemort isn't directly in prisoner of azkaban Mm -hmm. i felt like oh this is kind of like anticlimactic because the big bad isn't doesn't make an appearance I never noticed, never thought about it like that. But yeah, that's the only one that he is not in. Yeah. So it, that particular part when I was first reading them was anticlimactic for me. And then after uh, sitting with it and rereading it multiple times, I, it grew on me, I think probably because of Lupin and Sirius, to be honest. Right. Right. And it feels a little older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do enjoy that also. Yeah. And I think knowing after you read the whole series, especially this one feels a little more low stakes because yeah. Voldemort's not in it. And Maybe that's what it is. It feels more low stakes. Yeah. And also I think I've said already, it's like, because they're not as concerned, it's just, it's more downtime. It's more infighting. And then it doesn't get like quote unquote, like interesting or like dangerous until like the last that last little bit yeah i don't know yeah so i think now when i read it i enjoy it more because i feel like i get to spend more time in classes with quidditch yeah with yeah 
them in the common room. Yeah. And while the fighting I don't love, I mm-hmm. feel like they're... It's character growth. It's character growth, yeah. and it informs their relationships with each other. And I think it it doesn't necessarily set up Ron and Hermione romantically at this point. No. But it does kind of inform their maybe less close than, like, Hermione and Harry. Right. So, I think... And in which case, it's like, to me, it shows that, like, Harry and Hermione are... Friends. Friends. Whereas maybe some of the animosity between Ron and Hermione, you know, it's like you can see maybe later where they were maybe had a rocky start as friends. Mm -hmm. So there was that slight little distance. So then they didn't get so close that they friend zoned each other and kind of started to see the attractive qualities. Right. As they age or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So. And I, I... I miss those out of the film. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah. I really wanted to see the Quidditch Cup. Yeah. Because that's like a huge deal in the first two books that they miss the Quidditch Cup like at the last second yeah. because Harry was like injured or whatever it is. this is Woods last year. This is his last year. And we didn't get any Percy making the bet with Penelope Clearwater. Right. So I. That's like eluded yeah, it's like Percy's involvement. I mean, even in the second one where it's like he had the secret girlfriend and all this stuff, it's like that was even like not even really revealed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those just little like details, yeah. um, I, you know, miss them. And the slashing from the <laughs> books to the films is just going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. But we we won't get ahead of ourselves on that. I know. So, well... Shall we do two towers? Two towers. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, what can you say about the two towers? A million out of a million stars. I know. <laughs> we do. You and I did notice. I mean, obviously, one, the book is split to where it's like you're just focusing on mm-hmm. Aragorn and crew, and then you're just focusing on Frodo and crew. Yeah. I. Obviously, the movie, I feel like, blends the two storylines very well. Mm-hmm. Though it's interesting that where the book covers more ground, mm-hmm. as far as, like, what you see in the films, like, the book actually has more in it. Like, it has a little bit from the end of one and a little bit from the beginning of three. Mm-hmm. And yet, they still felt it necessary to add in scenes in the movie that were not in the book. Yeah. Like, the whole transition from Rohan to... Helm's Deep. Right. There, There's a whole, like, interaction, there, all these interactions in this, like, you know, journey and this fight and... Yeah. Aragorn. Aragorn going over the cliff. And being lost and... Yeah. None of that happens in none the book. Of, none of it. <laughs> he gets, like... He has, like, the vision of Arwen mm. while he's laying on that riverbank and right. then the horse wakes him up, which is a very... Like, nice scene. I, I love, love the it horse. all. I love it all. It's just not in the books. No. I feel like they did that simply so that he could, like, burst in. Yeah. Like, and do the double door push yeah. open. Which is a great Come scene. Come on. So good. But then also, go. so we can see Arwen or Aowen. Aowen. <laughs> Aowen. 
pining more. Yeah, and, and being s- devastated, thinking he's dead. Right, and also getting to flesh her out as well with her wanting to be part of the fight yes. and not just with the women and children. Yes. So I would argue that, you know, Aragorn being like, he, I mean, you, you can be in a line of defense for them, so really not a bad thing you know yeah. you're still protecting people yeah <laughs> but yeah so I, I think they just wanted to give us more time to see them yeah we didn't get I don't think we I mean there was a celebration but we didn't get like the drinking that was game that, kind of thing that yeah. was fun that's in the extended isn't it uh-huh I don't I I only watch the extendeds anymore so I actually don't remember what's yeah we do, we do see the funeral for... Boromir? Um, no, for the king's son, the king of Rohan. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Theoden, oh, yes. we see the funeral for mm-hmm. his son and his sorrow. Mm-hmm. Does the book... I mean, does the book just mention that his son has died? Yes. Um, um, but it doesn't go anywhere beyond that. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Um, but... I mean, otherwise, it's pretty spot on. It is. the uh, And then, of course, the elves show up at the the battle. Uh, that doesn't happen in the book. No. no. It's just the... It's just Rohan, essentially, at the deep. And yeah. then the writers of Rohan show up with Gandalf, of course, yeah. to save the day. But, uh... And then as far as Frodo and Sam... Well... I will say one more thing. I like in the book how Gimli and uh, <laughs> I like in the book where Gimli and Legolas have that agreement of like, you know, hey, I'll I'll go with you into Fangorn Forest mm-hmm. and we'll like have this journey there if you come back with me. Because they were talking about how the mine is it like the mines underneath Helm's Deep mm-hmm. are especially beautiful, and Gimli's always wanted to. Explore there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that moment in the book was super cool. Yeah. So I would have liked to just see that little bit of interaction in, in the film. But. Yeah. I do think that what the the films, all three, do really nicely is set up Gimli and Legolas's friendship. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's present in the books a, a lot. They have a lot of, like, actual, like, very heartwarming dialogue. Yeah. But, uh... They, I know they have very limited time, but they do it well in the films, especially whenever uh, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas are running across uh, Rohan, chasing the orcs, and they come in contact with the writers of Rohan. Mm -hmm. And he's like, (laughs) what does he say? You would be dead before your stroke fell? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. He's like, kill kill my friend, and you won't even realize that it's happened because you will be dead first yeah and aragorn's like hey yeah okay (laughs) that's such a great scene honestly i think two towers is heavily slept on as far as because i agree it's i i really really like it it's It's so so good good, but everyone like loves the fellowship of the ring because it's the of the beginning Mm -hmm. you get to have the shire and bilbo and it's so like fun and heartwarming but Return of the King is so epic. Yeah. And the ending. Yeah. It's so huge and great. But people forget that the Two Towers has the Battle of Helmsteep. I love the Two Towers. I do too. I think you and I were talking like movies and you were like, if you had to pick out of the three, which one would you pick? 
And my instinct, I was like, this sounds wrong, but I would pick two towers. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like on the fence between Fellowship and Return of the King. I think I would pick Return of the King just because it has my favorite single scene Mm -hmm. of the entire series in it. And I'm not going to say what it is because we're going to talk about it and uh, oh, future. leave me in suspense. Okay, you, I you like You probably it. already know. You probably have an inkling of what my favorite scene is, but I won't. I will tell you off. Off. Off okay. mic. Ha <laughs> You're left on the cliffhanger. <laughs> I'll get to know. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil the surprise. Right, right. But no. it's, I mean, it's got to be the best scene in the whole series. Yeah. It's fantastic. I can't wait to hear for sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we... And we, last year, went and saw the extended Return of the King in the theater, darling. In the theater. (laughs) And it was (laughs) fantastic. It was fantastic. It gets better every time. Like I said, the first time I watched it, like, you get, like, faked out that it's over, like, five times. that's so true. But now that you know, you're like, okay, I'm prepared. I'm mentally and emotionally prepared for all the beats that this is about to give me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They're just such good great films they are but i i will say like the i like the relationships better in the book even though they're really well done in the films agreed i like them even better in the in the books like even the scene in the first one where they like were gonna blindfold gimli Mm -hmm. and not the others i feel like i wish that was included because that that seemed important (laughs) it shows the character of everyone else like them being like well, we're not going to let you single out our comrades, so we're all going to be blindfolded. Right. I mean, and it still showed a little bit of, like, the tiffiness between Gimli and Legolas at mm-hmm. first, but then that's just some an earmark for mm-hmm. where they've started as to where they end up. Exactly. But in The Two Towers, especially for Sam and Frodo, I think we talked about it while I'm um, talking about the book, but I'll just repeat it here anyway. It's like the relationship between Sam and Frodo is so much less contentious. Mm-hmm. They're just so much more in sync. They're, they more, even more so have each other's backs. There's no suspicion. There's no mm-hmm. letting Gollum like sneak between them. Like there, there's none of that. They're, yeah. they're more fully trusting of they, each other. Yeah. They, it, it's, much more clear that those two know each other through and through and nothing could make them question the integrity of the other. Right. Whereas in the film, of course, it's set up to be the ring that's doing that. Right. But obviously the implication is that the ring is corrupting Frodo. But I think in the books, it's, it's just different. It's not consuming him in that way right at least not at this point not at this point right um but and i think it's interesting because weirdly in the films i feel like they sort of portray it like frodo and sam hang out all the time and they're close close buds Mm -hmm. whereas in the books it's almost as if like they're friends but like Mm -hmm. sam works for frodo's family right you know what i mean so it almost starts out like I like I said I don't feel like the book makes it seem like they're not familiar with each other mm-hmm. but it makes the relationship seem like it starts out a bit more professional and yeah. then gr- through that it's like they realize like how much they really know each other mm-hmm. and how bonded they are whereas right. like in the movie I feel like it makes it seem like they're like best friends right 
And then, so then for them to be so easily torn apart, it's just like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) I always hate that part because that's in the third film, right? Oh, I guess it is. You're right. It is. It's not. So I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. But it's, but it's in, in the, the book. book. <laughs> it's in the book. That's got to be like a clip that we pull out. But it's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what makes that the point that we've gotten to now. Parts that are in the third film are in the second book. So it becomes like very hard to do like a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. But then I remind myself that in its conception, Tolkien envisioned this as one book. Right. So, right. And you know. I'm sure there will be plenty other things for us to talk about <laughs> when we get to Return of the King movie that yeah, yeah. us mentioning this now is not going to ruin anything. <laughs> anyway. Right. No, no, no. For sure. But And then the only other big difference is just... Um, like I said, like with when they're with Faramir, it's like they go to that. I forget the name of that small little. I don't even know that you call it a city. It's just sort of like a little port near it, like the water edge. Is it Minas Morgul? Is it Minas Morgul? I thought it started. I I should have looked this up. But like basically in the next movie, his dad's mad that he lost. Mm hmm control of it whereas in the film we see them battling there while they have frodo in custody yeah but that doesn't happen here Mm -hmm. in the book and like i said too when faramir is like well if i release them then you know my then my life is forfeit he just kind of mentions it in passing whereas like in the film they make point for him to go well then my life is forfeit you know i Whatever happens to me, I know that this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that he, like, pulls Gollum aside. He's like, if you betray him, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, threatens him or or whatever, which he does in the book, too. He's like, uh, if I see you in my lands without either of them. Dead No son. protection for you. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting about the way Faramir is in the movie as opposed to the book especially in regards to Boromir and mm-hmm. his death. Mm-hmm. In the film, Frodo and Sam tell him that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the book, he already knows. Yeah. And he's questioning Frodo and Sam like they're suspicious or were responsible for Boromir's yeah. death. Yeah. And Frodo isn't necessarily, like, fond of Boromir at this point. Like... No, there's a lot more suspicion towards Boromir, not only just from what he experienced, Mm -hmm. but from what Galadriel says in the film. Whereas I don't, I don't know that she, I can't remember if she warns him against Boromir really in the book so much Mm -hmm. as she does in the film. So I think that that suspicion towards Boromir is heightened in the films as well. It's, and like, the interaction where Frodo is telling Faramir about Boromir's death in the books. Mm-hmm. And he's trying not... He doesn't want to tell Faramir that Boromir tried to take the ring. Right. And I feel like in the movie, there, Sam, at least, is like more yeah. like... And Sam is the one that says it in the book, too. Mm-hmm. But Faramir... It's just a difference. I think in the film, Sam and Frodo are still kind of like... 
Well, he tried to take it, but then he also defended us against the orcs. Right. He was, they're, they're trying to be more respectful mm-hmm. towards him and just, like, not be like, well, he and, tried to come yeah. at me. You know, they he, they were trying to kind of leave that out or, you know, rather than yeah. be like, well, I was suspicious of him. It was just yeah. sort of like they kind of kept it neutral and vague. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, in the, in the movie, it was a bit more emotional, I think. Mm-hmm. And he also seemed more sor. I mean, he was sorrowful either way. Yeah. To hear of Boromir's death, but yeah. And in the in the book, Frodo and Sam didn't know he was dead. Right. Faramir is the one who told them he was dead. So, in the film, I think they probably were a little more sympathetic because they saw him. Did they see him die? They know that he's dead. I couldn't remember if they knew already because I thought that they left before they saw him get struck down. Because I know Mary and Pip definitely watched him get struck yeah, down. Yeah, But I can't remember if they knew or not. But Sam was a lot more, like, mad about it. Like, yeah. he tried to take the ring from Frodo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Either way, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I totally see what you're saying, yeah. What, but I will say that the way they cast Sean Bean and the actor who plays Faramir, they look like brothers. Absolutely. It's very insane. Yeah. And it, and it's so funny because the actor who plays Faramir, kind of like Viggo Mortensen, like he looks so incredibly attractive in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But when he's in other things, he looks like a totally different person. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's unattractive. Right, right. But he just... I don't know, that Lord of the Rings glow up is just it's, unparalleled. <laughs> I mean, it's for real that, like... But Sean Bean, he didn't necessarily that longer stringy hair didn't... Sean... 100% do him any favors? He's a yeah, handsome man in other things. He is. He is. And he looks exactly like Boromir <laughs> when he plays Eddard Stark in Game of Thrones. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> but I, all I could see when I was watching him play Ned Stark was... Boromir. Yeah. I was just like, it's Boromir. Oh. <laughs> but uh, Sean Bean, whenever he's clean cut, he's very handsome. Yes, very much so. And but yeah. <laughs> Vigo Mortensen, he's got, he needs to have some scruff. He needs to have long hair. Yeah. He needs to be wearing like chain mail right. and a sword on his hip. So sorry, Vigo, but. That's, that's just working for everyone. The most attractive you have ever been to me. Aragorn. It's Aragorn. Yeah. I always think of that line that Lorelai says in, I think it's season five, whenever her and Luke kind of start dating. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to Rory and she's like, if I wasn't one of the many women sitting at home thinking if only I had a man like Aragorn. (laughs) (laughs) I always laugh at that line because, I mean... And this is exactly why they put the scene in of him, like, bursting in. Yeah. Like, just, like, pushing both doors open because it's just, it's Mm slow-mo. And the light is, like, behind him. Yeah. And every woman watching is just like, oh, it's Aragorn. Right. Oh, swoon. (laughs) He's alive. Yeah. (laughs) And Eowyn. Is also actively swooning. Yep. Oh boy, is she? Oof. Which we get a we get a decent paragraph about it in the book, but that's it. Yeah. 
Grima Wormtongue is even more disgusting in the movie. Oh, he is so much worse in the movie. Because you get more scenes of him, that, like, kind yes. of creeping on Eowyn, so. Yeah, he doesn't really. Very effective. He doesn't really do that in the book. No. Like, or, he, I mean, like, they mention it. They say, you've haunted her steps. Like, they say that quote mm-hmm. still. But, but we don't see it. Yeah. As much. And obviously the the cleansing of uh, Saruman out of Theoden is much more epic in the film. Yeah. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, I freaking love that scene too. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> yeah. And Gan- the way that Sir Ian McKellen delivers that line, mm-hmm. keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's, now I just want to, like, go watch it. Yep. That's it. Show's over. Bye! We're gonna go watch The Two Towers again. I just, literally just watched it. I was gonna like, say you just two watched it. two or three it. weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I can do my laundry. Yeah. Lord of the Rings and laundry. <sighs> I'm never gonna, like, not want to watch Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna probably. have to make you a sign for your laundry room that has, like, <laughs> Lord of the Rings things going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Only enter on party business. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, whenever we sell this house and build our new house, mm. I am now officially going to make the laundry room Hobbit style. It has to be. Has to be. Has to be. Yep. Lord of the Rings is just unparalleled. It's the only adaptation where the changes enhance the story. Yeah. Almost. Except for the Frodo Sam thing. Agreed. Other than that... Beautimous. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't even see the weird face I'm making, but yeah. it's just... <laughs> They're just so good. Yeah, so it, good. You, It's unarguable. You can't... I will never hear someone say that they're not good never oh oh i'm so sorry you're allowed to have an opinion except that one you better buckle up buddy because my boss walked out because it was boring uh (laughs) no (laughs) listen listen and our dear friend emily yeah i was gonna say and then we know emily i love emily dearly but she has never hurt me and my heart more that was that was a painful blow i had to like get it's like straight serious with her (laughs) (laughs) like on a in a real way because it's if you want to not like lord of the rings that's fine just do not talk to me about it did you take her shirt back because she did not complete no the mordor fun run was not complete (laughs) but it wasn't necessarily that she didn't like it that hurt my heart. It was that she repeatedly said that it sucked. Yeah. And I was the like, harsh words that she used. It wasn't even like, oh, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't gentle. It was it was mm-hmm. it was a knife. <laughs> I and I understand that she was just trying to be like funny about it. Mm-hmm. And but I was like, dude. You have to stop. She said it too it many times. Too many times for me. <laughs> for for it to be a joke anymore. It was like, listen. Yeah. I I had to really I had to get hard with her. I was like, you you cannot keep saying that to me. I, I honestly was too chicken to get hard with her about it, but <laughs> I was so glad when you did. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I had to. I was like, it's fine if you don't like it. 
It's fine if you don't want to watch the epic conclusion I don't that know. is Return of the King. I don't know how you watch the first two and not... <sighs> we didn't even make her watch extended editions. Listen, correct. We only showed her the theatrical mm-hmm. releases. Yeah. But I was like, you, you just have to stop <laughs> saying that this thing that I've loved since I was like... 12 yeah sucks yeah okay you just have to stop saying it think it right but think please it. do not say it to me it is dear dear to my heart say no thank you <laughs> no more yeah i will be confused but i will move on but just <laughs> yeah keep the painful words keep your forked tongue behind your teeth <laughs> <laughs> um but what is funny now though is she will sometimes send me like TikToks that are Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. And I always laugh at them because mm-hmm. they're good. Yeah. And I'm like, I did ask her, I was like, you've been sending me a lot of office TikToks and a lot of Lord of the Rings TikToks, and you don't watch either of those. And she's like, I know, but you do. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's very sweet. sweet. That's sweet. You're like, <laughs> does this mean that you do want to finish the trilogy? So where are we at on Return of the King? I just feel like you should finish it before you make your final assessment, but... I'm just saying, don't you feel incomplete? I would. You know what? (laughs) She probably watched it by herself and loved it and just will not tell anyone. Out of spite. Out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) Emily! (laughs) Listen. Did you secretly watch it and not tell us? (laughs) Is it because you know it would make us too happy? We wouldn't even, I would never even other words, we were right. We would just say, welcome finally to the fold. <laughs> I would probably glow a little. <laughs> <laughs> she did say sucks. A toe to sew. Too many times. <laughs> a fucking a toe to sew. <laughs> Anyone know that reference? Uh, Trailer Park Boys? Anyone? Nah, okay. She would know it. She would, yeah. Caleb and I have talked about watching Trailer Park Boys. We just haven't done it. Oh, it's great. But we did watch that other one. Letterkenny? Yeah. We did oh, watch Letterkenny. so good, too. I love Letterkenny. Letterkenny is so hilarious. So is tra- Trailer Park Boys is an old fave yeah. in this house. <laughs> nice. I have even told Lauren, who I have elected as my maid of honor, mm-hmm. which is an obvious choice. Of course. But uh, I told her, like, I'm not into doing the whole, like, bachelorette trip going to, like, another state and whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm just not into that. It's unnecessary to me. Yeah. But I was, like, a night in the city, stay at a hotel or go out, have dinner, whatever. But I was, like, you know what? It should be Trailer Park Boys themed. (laughs) And everyone should dress up. As a character from Trailer Park Boys, and that's how we should go out. (laughs) I better get watching. (laughs) That's right. You can pick your character. I've already picked J-Rock for myself. He's the rapper. (laughs) Uh, He's my favorite character in the whole show. Noted. J-Rock in the rock pile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. That sounds pretty good. I just think that would be so fun. And I don't, I mean, I don't need to, like, go out and dress up in, like, a I'm the bride situation. 
I think it would be much more fun to just be stupid. Run around like a bunch of yeah mature degens. Exactly. <laughs> Straight up degens, just looking outrageous. I did see a TikTok of this one they bachelorette party where they had the maid of honor had this huge garbage bag full of t-shirts <laughs> that like random ass t-shirts that she had gotten and they're all like the tie-dye with the wolf like howling at the moon style t-shirts Epic. and so the whole bachelorette party like randomly drew out a t-shirt and that's what they had to wear for the whole night and I was like that's sick I really love that idea and I've so Not fun. secretly, necessarily. I've just never really told anyone, but I want one of those shirts. <laughs> it, they're hilarious. And I would just much rather do, like, funny, mm -hmm. like, fun kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I'm, I don't take myself that seriously. <laughs> and none of my friends really do either. Yeah. It, I'm just, I'm in it for a good time, not... A long trip. <laughs> so. Right. You're, you're like, I'm going to get fancy on my wedding day. I don't need to be fancy at my bachelorette party. Exactly. I'm the dress. I found a dress and it is the perfect dress. Yay. And it's priced like the perfect dress. Oh, no. <laughs> Are we keeping an eye on it for it to come on sale? <laughs> no, because it's not going to. It's handmade. Oh, wow. She's. $7,000. I almost threw up. I was anticipating like three because we're ha getting married at my dad's house. So we're not paying for a venue. Right. I'm sorry. All the breath left my body. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show, I'll have to show you. It's a, it's stunning. I was going to say a stunner. <laughs> it is a show stopping dress. And it, cause the theme is enchanted forest. Can we find you something similar for a better price? <laughs> I think it is possible. And I think this designer, they have like a couture line, which it is in the couture line. But then they have like their regular just designer dresses. And they have a few that have similar, that is like a, the same shape and similar uh, the Good. detailing. Good. So I do think it's possible to find... Something that's going to give the same look and vibe yeah. that I'm not going to have to um, trade your sell unborn my organs child for. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't, I, as soon as I like found out the price, I contacted the bridal shop and like, I was like, I will make an appointment. I will travel to Chicago to get this dress. And they're like, and it is priced at $7,500. And I said, Ugh. hmm. Right. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> hold the appointment. Let's um never mind. Um in the event that I come into money between right. now and October when I presumably need to order it, you will not be seeing me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was lovely to hear your voice. Yeah. Uh we will never be meeting. <laughs> I will just gaze at the photo longingly. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But anyway, enough about that. On to our final film. Oh, the film. You know, movie buffs out there just praise this movie for being so incredible. And mm. I could not 
disagree more. Agreed. The Shining was such a bummer. It was slow. Boring. Dare I say boring. Boring. It, you missed all of the character depth and development. Yeah. The fact that Jack doesn't ever have that fight and animosity with the hotel manager. Yeah. He's like, he's cheesing and being. They're like pals. Pals around. <laughs> I, and there's no Al Shockley. Nope. Excuse me? So there's no Jack and Al story where they hit the bicyclist? And Well, it wasn't a bicyclist. It was just a bike. They just hit a bike. Mm. But the idea that there could have been a person right. on it was yes. enough. But yeah, there's no no person helping him. No person that is like kind of in his mind like becomes someone who's against him, mm-hmm. you know. That just the inciting incident of the arm break was apparently the thing that sobered her up, which that whole conversation with that doctor. Yeah. She just, I mean, she obviously, like, knowing the character, you're like, okay, so she's masking the pain of it. But, like, I, I almost half believed that she believed everything she was saying mm-hmm. in that scene rather than, uh, and, and she doesn't even describe it that way in the book. Like, mm-hmm. We fully know how she truly feels. Right. Exactly. And when she's telling the doctor about it in a completely different type of scene, like she's not making excuses for Jack. She mm-hmm. just kind of, she tells what happens, but doesn't try and go into great detail right. or make excuse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just, you, you miss so much, so much of yeah. that character depth and development for all three of them. All three of them. Danny? Yeah. Get out. Uh, also, Halloran mm-hmm. dies? No. Absolutely not. Get so far out of here? No. Absolutely not. We we barely see his journey and fight to get there. And that's one of the most tension-building parts of the book, mm-hmm. is going to his perspective and him having all of these issues, getting to the Overlook... And then switching over to a Danny POV or a Wendy. Yeah. And him meeting all these people that yeah. have a shine. And the mittens and the soup and... Mm-hmm. To me, that's almost like a, him meeting all these people with a shine or like a sign that he's uh, meant to yeah. go. That he's yeah. supposed to go save them. Exactly. And help them. Yeah. It, Danny is totally different. I mean, they all are. I'm sorry. Tony, the thing with the finger. The finger no. I wanted to scream i was like absolutely not no 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 i hated it hated it it was just a no and we don't ever get explanation for tony either Mm -mm. no like it's handled completely wrong danny does not have that supernatural maturity and emotional depth and Mm -hmm. understanding of the people around him yeah wendy is just a very surface scared jack's super surface we never see any warmth from him towards his family i don't think no it's very indifferent yeah and it's also you don't even see the tension between him and wendy no because in the book you at least get like intimate scenes with them Mm -hmm. so you can tell that in those moments like when jack is in his right mind he 
loves her mm-hmm. in his way. Right. And but also still has those insecurities yes. of thinking that she's always blaming him mm-hmm. and, Every, you know. Yeah. But him trying to fight against that and come, mm-hmm. you know. I wish you could see my face because it would just be completely flabbergasted. It's, and It's so insane. So insane. It, it's so confusing why they chose to do that, especially the end. They even handled the ghost in room... Is it 217? Yes. I know in the film they changed the room number because they didn't want people requesting it or something like that like they didn't want it to become a thing but it's Mm -hmm. like so then people just picked the number that was in the film anyway so i don't yeah that doesn't make sense you know silly right but i don't know i just there were beats in the movie that were in the book but not enough like it just and even like the the quote-unquote scary bits it's like in the movie wendy sees things yeah. In the book, she never sees anything. Mm-hmm. But she is fully trusting that her son is experiencing something. And we see Wendy understanding that her son has a power that mm-hmm. she can't explain. Yeah. In the movie, she doesn't have that. Yeah. It, the, the end is super weird. Also, the inclusion of the twins yeah. is weird. Uh, that... I understand that those twins are supposed to be the Grady twins. Right. Well, and even in the film, I think they do say that they are different ages. So I think everyone just, I guess pop culturally we refer to them as twins, but mm-hmm. they're not twins. Right. Yes. So we're all, you're all, we're all wrong. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, we included them and, but like, but not other things. Yeah. I don't know. And there was, you know, we had the big maze instead of the hedge animals. Yeah. And having Jack freeze to death in the maze. Rather than having rather that than... moment with his son, like, I love you, get out of here. Yeah. And then have the hotel punch him, punch his face and fully take over. Yeah. And then the hotel exploding. Yeah. And then even the hotel trying to grasp on Halloran as they're leaving. Through the shed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you literally get no character development. None. At all. You just get this bleak, crappy film that's heartless. Yeah. You don't get any... And it's not scary. It's not it's, even like they they no. negated these other things to like ramp up the scariness. It's not even scary. No, it isn't. I it's, mean, other than I mean, obviously, viewing the domestic violence is definitely unsettling and upsetting. Mm-hmm. But like, and then knowing that the director terrorized Shelley Duvall to put yeah. her into this state just makes it even more upsetting. And then yeah. it's not even entertaining to watch. No, and. <laughs> Wendy, in the book, is, like, at the end, she takes some serious lumps from Jack. Oh, yeah. It's not so in the film. No. But in the in the book, she is very injured. Mm-hmm. And, and still fighting. Still fighting. Like, she's scared, obviously, but she's more scared for Danny and mm-hmm. willing to put herself in harm's way essentially right which she does with the you know getting him out the bathroom window Mm -hmm. and she can't get out the bathroom window but yeah so it's like you did feel tension there but i just like i said just the lack of any emotional depth 
Yeah. And then Danny really is the heart, mm-hmm. you know, for both Jack and Wendy. Mm-hmm. And his character is just so in- intolerable. Yeah. And it has no, like, foundation. At least in the book, when you meet Jack, he has skeletons. Like, he beat up the student and... Had... I just realized, did I say Tony or Danny? I meant Danny. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he has skeletons that kind of already make him prone to being negative and... Yeah. Um, he's very narcissistic because he's constantly concerned about himself. Right. Which we don't see any of that. Don't see any of that. So his character, you're really just like, why, how, why is this affecting him? And it's not affecting Wendy or Danny. Right. It's like, oh, is he just a douchebag? Yeah. In the book, you at least understand like he's more prone because He's already thinking these things, and the Mm -hmm. hotel is just increasing his paranoia. Well, and honestly, the film makes it seem like that's just him. Yeah, it really does. There's no struggle of conscience. Right. It's just, he's like, ah, finally this place gets me. It's giving me booze, and, you know. Yeah. My family sucks. And I also thought it was really weird at the end when it zooms in on that photo, and Jack is in the photo. Yeah. And they're kind of like trying to imply that he was there back in the day. Or it's either that he was there in the back in the day or that now he is part of the hotel. Yeah. I'm not really sure what they were trying to say. And I didn't even research it because I was just, I, it, I didn't like it so much that I didn't care. Well, the guy who is Grady keeps saying, you've always been here. Yeah. So it's, and did he say that in the book? No. I didn't think so. That it's is never weird, an implication. I think that's some weird Kubrick thing that he was trying to bring into it. That, yeah. You know, that he's part of the hotel or, or destined to be part of the hotel or Yeah, like it was something. the implication that he is part of the hotel and always has been. Yeah. Which you, is you, I think it, I feel like in the book, though, maybe he does say, oh, you've always been the caretaker here. When he kind of is talking to Grady and he's like, aren't you're, oh, you're the caretaker. And he's like, no, you've always been the caretaker. But I just think that more shows the overtaking of the spirits. It's like, no, they, they've been taken on and they have this whatever purpose that the hotel has given them, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think the book ever made it seem like Jack was historically part of the, and if it did, it didn't matter. Yeah. Whereas like, it was like a big, like, oh, at the end of the movie i guess but yeah but you kind of have to do that when the rest of the movie is just blah yeah and your characters suck for real whenever i was so shocked whenever halloran was actually dead Mm -hmm. i was like what what excuse me yeah and i i did know that going into it because i remember like just i don't know watching different things about different movies and Mm -hmm. stuff and so i knew that halloran died so reading the book, I was so stressed out. I was like, no, I love him, please. So when he lived, I was ecstatic. Yeah. I was thrilled. I know. And honestly, with Stephen King, I doubt you get a lot of happy endings. Right. So take them when you can get them. Right. Exactly. And it was still a, it was a mix, right? It was tragic, you know. Mm-hmm. Jack was overcome and he had a little bit of a redemption, but he still... 
you know, was taken over and died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's still sad, but you you still had Danny and Wendy and Halloran mm-hmm. to 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 live. And yeah. then actually now he wrote it years years later, but now you have Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. So I mean, who, maybe that ends super bleakly. I don't know. Yeah, the movie's definitely got some bleakness in it. Yeah, which that director I remember like in interviews and stuff saying like how he tried to balance really respectfully the film and then also the book because Mm. obviously the film is very different from the book. Yeah. And probably most people will have seen the film rather than read the book. Exactly. So he had a really tough task of like blending the two and being faithful to both, Mm -hmm. you know, because the hotel burns at the end. Yeah. But technically, in the film, it's still standing. Mm-hmm. So I do own Dr. Sleep. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. But I'm very curious about how much he had to adjust. But that one is even darker mm. in a way. I mean, the movie definitely yeah. is. Which I don't want to spoil it here, but we can talk about it yeah. off air. But yeah, I feel like I'm being super harsh, but... As, as revered as this film is, I don't see it. I also don't see it. I'm incredibly glad that I read the book first. Me too. And I had absolutely no grounds of the film. I had no idea about anything that happened in it. Mm-hmm. So I was genuinely shocked when Halloran died and when the hotel did not burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the the hedge mace was really confusing. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know why that was there, other the, than just to let Danny get away. Away. That scene where Danny Jack is chasing Danny through the hedge maze is so long. Yeah, it was. I was like, "Are we still in the maze chasing Danny?" And I don't feel like he ever gets close. So there's no. not even like an immediate, I mean, there's an immediate sense of danger, but then there isn't. Yeah. Because you can tell, okay, Jack's lost now and Danny's yeah. going to get out. It was just entirely too long. Yeah. If you're not going to have Jack catch Danny, why does it need to go on so long? Just have Danny get out. Right. But it just, yeah. The missing all of those emotional beats. Yeah, it was a huge miss. And all the character depths and emotions and thoughts. I can absolutely see why Stephen King is not a fan. I'm not. Definitely not. If I had written that excellent book Mm -hmm. and then had it adapted to that, yeah, yeah, I'd be pretty bummed too. Yeah. And it's a trivial thing, but like that... That carpet from the film is so iconic. The orange mm-hmm. and the the red and the brown, that, like, geometric pattern. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you remember in the book, it was, like, a dark blue sort of, like, tropical mm-hmm. pattern. And he, like, brought it up a few times. I'm just like, you couldn't even do the carpet. <laughs> yeah. You know? And just, like I said, all the other beats, it's like there wasn't anything added that was scary. I mm-hmm. even think that, yes, the tub woman was gross and creepy but it didn't even and jack kisses her Mm -hmm. yeah i guess she's supposed to be like the woman that he dances with yeah yeah like i guess that's a stand-in for that because we didn't get that scene Mm -hmm. but 
That it was, was weird. It was weird. And again, it's just like he he's still in like denial about what's happening at that moment in the book. Like mm-hmm. he goes in there and he's kind of like, okay, so no. Oh, but wait, there is a bath mat. Well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And, but, and then he turns and he hears and senses or like after he shuts the door, like I think in, so then he runs out and then mm-hmm. he shuts the door and he can kind of see. That's scarier. Yeah. Then. Him making out with her and then looking in the mirror and then it's like, oh, she's moldy and old and gross and naked. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. yeah, I don't know. I agree. I agree. It was an unnecessary scene because they didn't show Danny with Tub Woman. No, they just showed they just, him wa- what walking and then he like basically like. Has an episode. Yeah. And, yeah. and then has the bruises. Yeah. So we get that her like, you know, you did this to him. You know, but mm-hmm. again. They, she does that, but then even apologize and they reconcile in the book and kind of mm-hmm. move past it and go, there's something more going on here. Yeah. But instead, no, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, and well, and I, I guess I said that Wendy doesn't see anything in the book. I mean, she experiences like the elevator and like hears things, but she doesn't see things like mm-hmm. she does at the end of the movie where like everywhere she turns, she sees a new ghost or spirit yeah. or something. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And even, like, the big, like, rush of blood, obviously that doesn't happen. Right. But to me, like, that, I guess, is their version of the whole, like, the Red Death comes, yeah. you know. Right. For us all or yeah. forever or whatever, you know. So that was fine. But it's, like, a visually stunning movie. It's I can look at a piece of art if I want to see something visually stunning. This mm-hmm. was... Yeah. Poorly adapted and boring. I wouldn't call it visually stunning. I mean... I mean, I feel like that's what a lot of people yeah, think. I, that, yeah. You know? That's the general, like, consensus. Of, yeah. It's like, yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I I totally do not agree with that. <sighs> yeah. It was, it was unfortunate. It was a, a big miss for it me. It was a big miss. And like I said, you're talking to somebody who who does enjoy scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was neither scary nor entertaining. Yeah. And Dakota watched it with me. And he, I think, read about half of The Shining. So he was not, he didn't know how it ended. And he was kind of like, that's a weird ending. Like that scene of Jack Frozen. Yeah. He was kind of like... Well, that's kind of a weird ending. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, actually, this is how it ends. Right. It explodes. Right. And yeah, him being dead frozen. Why would I care? He seemed like an ass. Yeah. Who had no warmth to begin with. So I mm-hmm. guess you're showing me his true self. Like, what do you? Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I'm sorry if. Again, if I sound like an idiot or I'm being too harsh, I don't really care. I didn't I didn't like it. Bottom line, I didn't was, like it. It was just not good. It was just not good. Mm-mm. So, and so I don't I don't know yeah. what these film buffs out here. Please try and explain it to yeah. me. Um I what? will likely still disagree with you, but I, I am open to hear your side. Yeah, if you're some if you are a film expert and you know the reasons why the film The Shining is lauded as such uh, an epic piece of film art, please clue us in because I I am not seeing it. Maybe it's because 
I am partial to the book and its shortcomings in that regard are great. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like I probably would have, if I had not read the book and just watched the film, I probably would have been like, huh, okay. I probably wouldn't have wanted to read the book. No, I, I definitely wouldn't. I'd have been like, this is boring and dumb. Yeah, it was boring. I'm not gonna, why would I read a book it about was, this? It was very, very light on, like, any scare factor. Yeah. And the, so. Like I said, there was no substance. No. No. It was, yeah. And the book is chock full. So, so much. I understand in film when sometimes you miss inner dialogues, but there's still a way to communicate those. Right. But we didn't even get a lot of the outer dialogues. Right. Yeah, the I, interactions between Jack and Wendy were, like, very, very skint. Yeah. In I the mean, film. the only thing that you saw was Wendy's warmth towards Danny. But yeah. there's so much more in the book than just mm-hmm. that. It just, it was so flat for me. Yeah. Jack's, like, descent into madness would have felt much more poignant if... We saw him struggle? If we saw him actually have the loving relationship with Wendy and then also flip the switch. Right. And struggle with it. Yeah, because we didn't even see any conflict between his insecurities mm-hmm. and his love for her, you know. Yeah, didn't get any of it. No. So. And it, granted, in the book, she does talk about how he doesn't say I love you much and, you know, but that there's still a bond Mm -hmm. between them and i just didn't even feel any sort of yeah romantic bond it was just like they stay together for what yeah it was yeah confusing it seemed like she was always timid and scared of him right not like nervous of the alcohol yeah also the lip thing was not in the film yeah oh yeah and that was a layer of like tick yeah because his alcoholism isn't really... Um, it's discussed, but it's not... It's not a prevalent... Like, it was very, very prevalent in the book that he was an alcoholic. Or, I guess, is a recovered alcoholic. Right. Which he... I mean, he and he gets a drink and he talks about it with Lloyd. Lloyd but, who, yeah. But it's not uh, not really discussed. Not, it's just not... It doesn't hit the same. Right. Because, like, in the book, you get, like, the lip rubbing, which is very, like... Those scenes where he's describing rubbing his lips so much to where they start to bleed is mm-hmm. so like this sensational. Yeah, mm-hmm. very visceral. It's I could feel it. It was when I read it, mm-hmm. I cringed because I, I could almost feel like that, that raw feeling. Raw feeling. Yeah. And then when he was taking the aspirin and cr- like crunching, crunching them you feel that bitterness yeah. in your mouth almost and it it all just informs the addict part of his personality and well and her like smelling the alcohol but mm-hmm. like but there's no alcohol on the premises right yeah and like yeah it's like there is this balance of like you know he has that insecurity of in the nagging in the back of his head that she's always gonna be waiting for him right. to fall off the wagon. Yeah. But then he also does it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she is not waiting for him to fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. She's just cautious of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, I think we said this when we talked about the week. It's like it hadn't been that long. Right. Because Danny's, what, six? Yeah. And 
he broke his arm when he was three. Three. So in and in the book, the breaking of the arm was not the incident that made, made him, him sober. sober. It was something later. Yeah. And he had other things that informed his his character and his anger issues mm-hmm. and his narcissism and you know all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I don't. You just you just miss so much. Yeah. Of the story. You do. It's not the same story. No, it not even at all. Not even close. So and you get very little about the shine. That too. The whole but because what is it? Yeah, we don't even really know what it is because we don't know that he. Other than we can kind of kind of see he hears things from the other room. Yeah. Does he have super hearing then? Because otherwise, Tony's just a in his finger, and I couldn't stand it. No, it was terrible. It was <laughs> terrible. I don't. I just wish I would have been in the room Danny, when that not idea, here, Mrs. Torrance, Ugh. get out. When that idea was pitched in the writing room, I wish I could have been there to be like, "That's fucking stupid." Right? Why would we do that? Why on earth would that be, Tony? Right? Because in the book, he's described as like a teenage boy. Yeah, or a young man. Yeah. Or, you know, he wasn't quite sure. He just knew that he was older. Yeah. Not and at a distance trying to warn him. Yeah. Not some weird gravelly voice out of his finger that like overtakes Danny's body. Yeah, and he keeps telling like he tells the nurse that Tony's the boy in his mouth. Yeah. What does huh? that even mean? That is very weird. The boy in my mouth. Yeah. And like that whole doctor scene didn't happen in the book. It was no. it was a doctor after they'd gotten to the hotel and, and Danny or um, Jack and Wendy were both, both there, there for it. Mm-hmm. And they were both there to tell the doctor about the incident with the broken arm. Yeah. So anyway. Nah. Final thoughts. Zero. Hated. <laughs> Hated. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, like <laughs> in Living Color, they hated it. <laughs> hated it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Out of these four, obviously the Two Towers is the winner. Burr, burr, burr. Yay! <laughs> there was never a question. No. Uh, God, The Shining was such a bummer. But I will say like the... The, the fact that the Goosebumps episode almost improved upon the book, which mm. the book was good. It was a good it was, story. It was a cute but, little, yeah. But the episode improved upon it. I was like, successful. Good job. Nice. Good job. Yeah. And of course, Harry Potter will watch it. Yeah. No matter how many random little grievances, we yeah. still top tier, so. It, yeah. It's a fun movie and it's, well, I guess... Goblet of Fire is still mostly fun through the beginning. I I would say that Prisoner of Azkaban is kind of the turning point, mm-hmm. but not totally. Not totally. No, you're right. But uh, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Anytime anyone brings up Goblet of Fire now, I think of... You get, like, these comments about, like, the perspective of people watching the games... <laughs> or the the trials. It's like the the only one that you see any action is the dragons. Yeah. Otherwise, like they're all just watching the surface of the lake or standing outside the maze. Yeah. It's like they don't like, see anything going. They don't get to see what we see. Yeah. So. <laughs> just like checking their watch, like, um, has it been an hour yet? So for us it's super exciting. For them, that had to have been the most 
letdown of a year ever. They're like, oh, cool, we get to watch these games and trials and they could be dangerous and deadly. What do you Psych. mean? <laughs> what do you mean I'm just going to stare at the surface of the water? What do you mean we're going to stand outside the, <laughs> the, hedge, the mage. hedge maze? <laughs> yeah. Sick. So it makes me laugh every time. That but- is real. I literally never thought of that perspective <laughs> until I think you sent one of them to me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, I never thought of that. <laughs> Luckily, we're in the story and we're we're yeah. experiencing all the uh, excitement. It's very exciting from our perspective. Very. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but. that'll that'll be in our next we watch movies probably. Yes, because we're gonna do Goblet of Fire pretty soon. I think. Yeah, yeah, we probably we've got will. a few on the roster before then. <laughs> we're just winging it from here. Who yeah, knows? we are. <laughs> Uh, did we announce our next book when we finished Two Towers? No, we didn't because we didn't know what we were doing. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Kept them in suspense. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we have picked our next novel at this point. We have. And we're going to do Persuasion. By Jane Austen. Oh. We started the show with it, so Mm. we're... Starting the year with yeah. it. I was going to say, sort of starting the year. <laughs> I know we of. did Two Towers, but... We did start reading Two Towers at the end of right. the year. Right. So this is the first fresh book. Yeah. Our for first the pod. <laughs> non-series book. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we got to be careful with those. <laughs> but so many books are series now. I know. There are so few, especially like current books mm-hmm. that are... Because we have decided loosely we've only done one book talk mm-hmm. book really well yeah. i guess two if you count verity but yeah i try to forget we read that <laughs> <laughs> but all of the book talk books are series pretty much mm-hmm. so it's kind of like i think lord of the rings and harry potter are the only ones that we've like consistently like, consistently, like returned yeah. to well because even discovery of witches that had two, is two more or yeah. maybe three more? Maybe three so. more. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't thought about that since no. we finished it. So, I, and I don't know that we ever will go back to those. Yeah. Can't, I'm not going to say never. Not going to say never. Not it's in the plans. Not high on the list. No. Especially after we started Akatar, we kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those, we will, we will, pro- we will finish Akatar. Yeah. But, yeah. um. We'll finish sometime. Lord of the Rings at least at first. least that's nigh i'm i mean we have yeah, we only few, just have the one we just one have left. the one left so yeah but <laughs> we've got a lot of things in the fire <laughs> <laughs> but so uh yeah let us know your thoughts on our thoughts yeah <laughs> on these films uh or just let us know your thoughts on these films mm-hmm. slash episodes i don't know many of you are watching goosebumps out there but if you are let us know because they're a nostalgic classic they are from our youth anyway yeah so if you're not a 90s baby well you you missed the bus on that (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) these were i'll have to go back and watch the goosebumps episode oh yeah just uh i think you would like it. it like i said the acting was good and it yeah. just, it's just much more concise and mm-hmm. almost, like I said, improved upon. So it was, it was good. I liked yeah. it. I just can't stop thinking about The Shining now. 
I know. Mm-hmm. And I I really should have said in our year in review, that one was one of my favorite episodes that we did as well. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that discussion. Yeah, that was so, a good one. For the movie to have been such a disappointment. I mean, I wrote so many notes. I didn't bring them with me, but, like, I just, <laughs> I was so bothered the whole time. Yeah. What does Caleb think about that film? I don't think he cares for it. I don't okay. think that he has a disdain for it. Uh-huh. But. It's not, like. A favorite. No. Okay. No. I don't even know if he had sat down and watched it. Really? Until then. Hmm. But. Well, anytime I like Dakota and I are like, let's watch a scary movie. Yeah. I usually text you guys. Yeah. Because. Is this worth my time? Yeah. In <laughs> in our brains, you guys are the scary movie aficionados. Like, the oracles. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's such an honor. <laughs> So, yeah. Exciting. Well, it's all the information I need to know to never watch The Shining again. Yep. So, uh, don't bother with The Shining. Yep. And instead, read books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye. (laughs) That was perfect. Perfect.